Oh, sadly, Bob Saget passed away. Bob Saget was a huge icon for me when I was growing up because two of the shows that I would never miss on Friday night especially was Full House and then America's Funniest Home Videos. And so when I heard he passed away in his sleep, that was heartbreaking for me. And as uh, people reflected on his life and how they loved him and they cared about him, so many tributes were just flooding in from friends and co-workers and other people that knew him. And one of those tributes that really stuck out to me that I read was by John Stamos. John Stamos, also known as Uncle Jesse from Full House, was not only a fellow actor with Bob Saget, but he was also one of his very best friends. And in the tribute, John Stamos, he said this. He said, when Bob died, I hope he knows how loved he was because I spent many of nights trying to convince him that he was loved. And when I read that, it really stuck out to me. It almost was haunting because Bob Saget didn't know how loved he really was. And his friend was trying to convince him over and over again how loved he was by so many. And I think why that sticks out to me is because I know in my life I can feel that same way where I have to convince myself sometimes of my family or my friends' love for me, especially with how I live my life or some of the feelings that I've had or some of my past. And I wonder if you feel that way too. But more than that, not only do I have to and do we have to sometimes convince us of our family and friends' love, but how much more do we do that when it comes to God? where we wonder because of how we've lived or who we are or what's in our past, we wonder, does God truly love us? We know that God is love and we're in church, so yeah, of course God loves us, but deep down to our core, do we really believe it? I mean, how many times have we looked at our lives and we've made numerous mistakes and we wonder to ourselves, God, you, you must be tired of me. Or we try to come to church on a regular basis or we read our Bibles or we pray and we do that for a few days and then we stop doing that and then we've recognized we haven't spent time with Jesus in a while and so we think, God, you must be disappointed with me. Or we're going through a hard time and we're crying out to God and the throne of grace that Jesus sits on, it feels silent and so we wonder, God, you must not care about me. Again, these are oftentimes subconscious things, but how often do we wonder, God, do you like me and care about me? Do you really want me? Now, these thoughts of God, whether we think he's disappointed with us or he's tired of us or he doesn't care about us, we may feel those things, but none of those are reflected in Scripture. God's character and his love towards us is not found in Scripture the way that we oftentimes think it is. And so what I want to do for the next six weeks together, starting today with you, is to really look at Scripture. What does it say about Jesus? Who is he truly? Not who we think he is, not how we feel like he should be, but who is Jesus? And as we look deeper at the character of Jesus, we need to ask the question, what is his deepest heart for us, his people, on our way, on our journey to heaven someday with him? 
Who is this Jesus and how does he really think about us? And so what we want to do beginning today is we want to kick off a six-week series called Gentle and Lowly based on this book called Gentle and Lowly. You should have received a copy of this book last week if you weren't here or you forgot to pick it up. We have plenty of copies at the Welcome Center. Just go by and pick one up. We want not only to teach on this book over the next six weeks, but we want our small groups going through it together, and we want to be reading it individually in our own chair time. And so the way we want to do that, in your welcome programs, I already looked, it says next week's topic, it tells you the scripture that we'll be looking at, and it tells you the, ver- or the chapters in the book that you can read with us. Now I know, if you start to read this, even Pastor Ryan and I were talking about today, this book's a little heavy, a little theological. There's some words in there that we're going to have to define as we go, but please don't just read it and say, ah, this is too hard for me, I'm going to go read something else. No, keep working through it. Because it's when we go deeper with God, it it just shows us more of who his character is. So really spend time reading it. And if you're a visual learner like me, we have videos available for you on Right Now Media for you to access and literally watch uh, along with us some of the videos that go along with the book. And the easiest way to do that, these are some um, illustrations, (laughs) examples. That's not right either. Instructions, that's the word I'm looking for. And how to sign up for Right Now Media, which has hundreds and hundreds of free resources, amazing Bible study resources on there. And then you can go through and do all those things. All of those directions are in your welcome program. So if you want to access the videos, if you want to read alongside of us, if you want to just dive in deep into this, this study of gentle and lowly, then I'm hoping that you will and that you'll spend the time doing that either in groups or individually in your chair time. And then we'll come back together and unpack it together. Well, today we're going to start by looking at chapters 1, 2, and 5 together today. And we're going to ask the question, how do we know that Jesus is for us? How do we know that Jesus is always, always, no matter what we do or how we live or what's in our past, how do we know he is for us. And to understand that, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. So open your Bibles with us. We're going to be there the entire time. Matthew chapter 11 contains a well-known passage of scripture in verses 28 through 30 that many of us know, but I don't know if we really know it. Meaning a lot of us have heard it and we can quote it, but is it in our hearts? Is it defining our lives? So I want to look with you. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Let me read these for us this morning. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Just to stop there this morning. Oh, look at this invitation from Jesus for you and I today. Come to me, all who are weary and And carry burdens. I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound good? Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now when we read those verses, oftentimes we focus on, okay, Jesus, I can come to you. Jesus, you're going to give me rest. Jesus, the burdens of my life I can present to you. And we're going to look at that invitation from Jesus today. But most of the time when we think about this passage, we focus on ourselves, which 
what we can receive from Jesus, but we don't really focus on what's really happening in this passage because contained in this passage, we find out who Jesus really is. And if we know who Jesus really is, we're going to be able to answer the question, how do we know that he is for us? For contained in this scripture, Matthew tells us who Jesus is. Look again with me in verse 29. I am, Jesus says, humble, or other translations say lowly and gentle at heart. This is the character of Jesus. Now, as you're reading the book, you'll notice that uh, Dane Orland, he puts it this way about the heart. He says, the heart, in biblical terms, is not part of who we are, but it's at the center of who we are. Everything that comes out of our mouth, everything that we do, is a reflection on who we are, which is our hearts. That's why a little bit later, Jesus, he says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. He says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Now, you may be an explorer, you may not believe in Jesus, you may not think the Bible is truly the word of God. That's okay, because what we just read, you can't deny that. All of us would agree with that, right? Like, whatever is in here is going to come out here. So if our hearts are good and we are healthy, then what's going to come out? Kind words, we're going to forgive easier, we're going to be generous, It's a reflection of a good heart, Jesus says. But if we're not healthy on the inside, if our hearts are evil, then what's going to come out? Bad things. We're not going to forgive. We're going to say harsh things. We're going to do things that are selfish. It's pretty clear that what's in here defines who we are, and then it comes out here. This is what is key. Jesus says... His heart, which is who he is, both how he lives, how he speaks, and how he acts. What is contained in this heart is someone who is humble and gentle. So what does it mean by Jesus being lowly or humble? That seems like a bad term to be lowly, but it's actually an incredible characteristic to have. You see, when we're talking about Jesus' lowliness or humility, we're talking about the downward trajectory of his life. What do I mean by that? Where, Where did Jesus come from? He came from this heavenly paradise. I mean, can you imagine wanting to leave there. Like, we're all excited to get there, but, but Jesus, he's there, and he says, I have to leave. I have to go lower. Lower meaning I have to go to this earth. Why? Because the earth is broken. It's messed up. It's filled with sin and heartache. It's filled with death itself. No human can take care of that. Only I can take care of that. So what's he do? He lowers Himself, He humbles himself, and he is born a child. 
And then he grows up in this broken world. And not only does he grow up in this broken world, but he experiences all of the things that you and I experience. Do you ever feel lonely? Jesus experienced loneliness. Do you ever feel sorrowful or grief? Jesus felt those things. Do you ever feel like someone has turned their backs on you? Jesus has felt those things. Not only does Jesus lower himself to this earth, he becomes a man and he experiences all that we have. But if that's not low enough, Jesus not only lives on this earth, but he dies on this earth. And you can't get lower than dying on a cross because that's a criminal's death. He takes on the cross itself to take on our sin, our shame, our past, death itself, so that we can be reconciled to him. Do you see the humility? Do you see the lowliness of Jesus? He could have just stayed where he was, but he lowers himself all the way down to where we read he dies on a cross. That is Jesus' heart. This isn't something that just Jesus does because he wants to be a good person and then he just changes something along the way. No, no, this is who Jesus is. Dane Orland, he puts it this way. He says, the point in saying that Jesus is humble or lowly is that he's accessible for all his resplendent glory and his dazzling holiness, his supreme uniqueness and otherness. No one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. There are no prerequisites, no hoops to jump through. Come to me, Jesus says. He is humble. He is lowly. He is accessible. His arms are open to you and I. It's who he is. It doesn't matter what you and I do. You and I can't change him. It's who he is. That's why he is always accessible, always wanting us, no matter what state we are in. He's humble. And he's gentle. Now, a lot of times we think gentleness, we think passive. But if you read the Gospels, Jesus is anything but passive. Jesus, though, is gentle. Again, Dane Ortland's helpful here. He says, Jesus being gentle, he's not trigger happy. He's not harsh, reactionary, or easily exasperated like I am, like you are. Jesus doesn't just lose it. He doesn't go with whatever's happening. His motion doesn't just change like the weather in Ohio. Steady. Not trigger happy. Not exasperated. The posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms. You and I know many people that have given up on God, they've given up on church. And many of these people can tell you any reason they want about why they have given up on God in church. But I promise you, just like an onion, there's many layers. At the center layer of that is they believe God is a finger pointer and not an arms wide open person. And many of us in this room have grown up and still believe to this day when we mess up and we do things we shouldn't, 
or we don't read our Bibles, or we hurt the people we love the most, God is up there and he's just pointing at you, saying, how could you? How could you? That is not who Jesus is. It may have been as our dads were growing up, we may be that way, and then we translate that God must be that way, but Jesus' heart, who he is, is humble and it's gentle. He will not point fingers at you to push you away. He will open his arms to you just as you are. This is why Jesus said, come to me. Come to me as you are. If you are here today and you messed up so bad this week, Jesus says, come to me. If you are here today and you haven't read your Bible in a while and you haven't connected with God in a while, come to me as you are. I am accessible. I, my arms are open to you. I am gentle and lowly. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now, the context of this passage is very interesting. This isn't just the burdens and the weariness of everyday life, though it can include that. Jesus is talking about people who feel burdened and heavy because of the religious leaders of the day. The religious leaders of the day put burdens on people when it came to approaching God. The Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the day, made you feel like you were less than, that God didn't want you, that God was a finger pointer. And the only way that God wanted you is if you could uphold the law perfectly, if you knew the scriptures inside and out, and when you looked at your lifestyle, there better not be a blemish on your resume or God is not going to want you. And so, so many people would hear about God and they would think God was a finger pointer, that God pushed them away, that God only accepted perfection. No wonder Jesus called that a burden. There are many of us here who have burdens on us because we listen to a pastor or we listen to our parents or we just think God wants to approach him like that. And so we're burdened as if we can't approach God as we are. Many of us view God as this judge, like we're looking at the Olympics saying, if you get a perfect 10 score, then God will finally accept you. Jesus has come to destroy the scoreboard once and for all. You may say, I, I can't get a perfect score, and Jesus is like, that's why I came. Because you can't, I will. I have come to remove the barriers. I've come to lift the burdens. I have come so that when you feel like this is who God is, you look at me. And I am gentle and lowly and accessible. And I want you as you are. You come to me. If you are weary and burdened by performing for God, and you come to me and let me wrap my arms around you, and you can rest knowing that I want you for you, and I'll do the rest. How many of you are burdened? Too many of us grew up in churches where we were told rules 
And we keep God at a distance because we believe God keeps us at a distance. No more rules, no more regulations, no more perfect scores. Come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. And then he goes on to say this, take upon my yoke. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. That word yoke, what is that? Well, Sorry, let me finish the passage here. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So again, what is a yoke? A yoke is not that. That's a yoke, Y-O-L-K. Thank you, Gary Yannick, for laughing at my jokes here. This is a yoke. A yoke is this bar that farmers would often put over two oxen to join them together to go and plow the fields. This hard work. This yoke was this big. Jesus says, put on my yoke. What he's saying is this. Tomorrow, you're going to go into the world and it's going to be hard. No matter if you have God or not, tomorrow, life is going to be hard. So why not yoke up with Jesus, get with him, And let him bear the brunt of the hard work. Let him bear the burden. Let him lead the way. Because tomorrow when you go into the world, it's going to be hard. Why not allow Jesus to navigate that hard path for you? So he can lead you where you ought to go. All you and I have to do is hook up to Jesus and trust that he knows what he's doing and he will get us where we need to be. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Dane Ortland in the book says, think of it like a life jacket. It's still a burden because you're placing it on, but it's light. It's easy, and it'll keep your head above water. Jesus's yoke will keep your head above water, and you don't have to perform. Jesus has come to me as you are. There are no barriers to my love for you because what I did on the cross, I have removed all barriers. Yoke up with me and I will bear the hard, the hard things of life. I will bear those burdens. So all you have to do is trust me as you navigate this life. Who are you yoked up to? Who's carrying your burdens? A human can't. You can't. Only Jesus can. He promises to do the hard work, but you got to get in with him. So what does this mean for you and I? What does this mean going forward? How do we find rest in Jesus? How do we know that he will carry our burdens? And what does that mean for everyday life? Well, let's apply what we learned. First of all, Jesus' first move. Jesus' first move towards who you are and what you've done is always towards you, not away from you. We as humans know this thing called conditional love. We hurt somebody, what do they do? They run back. They don't want us. Jesus says, when you do something against me, a first move is towards you. How do we know? Later in Matthew 14, listen to this. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped back from the boat He had compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus is gentle. Jesus is lowly and humble, but also contained in Jesus' heart is compassion. Anytime you read the word compassion, 
When it's used with Jesus, look what he's doing. He's moving towards that person to love them or heal them or wrap them in your arms. Anywhere through the Gospels, you see compassion in Jesus. The first move, move is towards that individual. How many of us, when we mess up, when we sin, we go back to our regular bad habits, how many of us, we do that, and what do we do? We, we run away from God. We don't run towards him, though we should. He wants to forgive us and give us a second chance. No, we run away from God. We go to our favorite hiding spot, and we're hiding there. Many of us are hiding this morning because of shame, because of guilt, because of what we did. And Jesus, he sees us in our hiding spot, and instead of just saying, man, Good luck with this game. Hope you find me. Jesus' first move, because he is compassionate, is to go to that same familiar hiding spot that you and I have created since we were a child. And what does he do when he gets there? Does he say, you're here again? I thought we cleared this up. Don't you know why I died for you? You're here again? Jesus can't respond that way because it's not who he is. His response is to gently restore you with the healing balm of grace. The author of Hebrews refers to Jesus' gentleness again. Look what he says in Hebrews 5.2. He is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weakness. When Jesus finds you and I because of our waywardness, because of our ignorance, because of our shame and guilt, there he is, and and he doesn't point at you and say, why did you do that? You need to pay. You need to sit and wallow in your guilt, and then hopefully someday if you're good enough or go to church enough or give enough or read the Bible enough, then I'll probably forgive you. No, Jesus, he comes to you and I and says, come to me. Come to me. I want to heal you. I want to give you a second chance. And you may say, you can't do that. You've given me enough second chances. Jesus, he looks at us as he sends his hand and says, I have to because it's who I am. I am gentle. I'm humble, compassionate. I want you for you. Where are you today? Are you hiding What is your view of God? Is it this finger pointer or someone that doesn't want anything to do with you anymore? Where are you? Jesus says, stop it because I am gentle and compassionate and lowly heart. Come to me and experience for good the goodness of who I am.
so good to sing of your goodness this morning. Lord, may we rest in that as we go today. Amen. And, and as before we go, uh, we're just going to read this verse together, Matthew 11. Will you read it with me? Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Amen. Church, we'll see you next week.